Hi, my everyday heroes. This is Bert. And this is an interview I did with Amanda B., Mandy that she calls herself, and that I call from fashion designer to pilot in command. Mandy's story isn't your typical Midwestern girl heads west, makes good as a fashion designer, marries, has three kids, and learns to fly story. If you ladies who are listening to this have ever harbored the thought of how cool would it be to be able to fly an airplane, you might just be inspired and encouraged enough to jump in and do it after listening to Mandy's story. But there's a few twists and turns along the way that you need to know about, but not enough to discourage her or even you from tackling and succeeding at this challenge. Her grandmother called her a hornet when she was five years old because she was constantly buzzing around getting into things. She always considered herself a risk taker, but when I pressed her on that label, she confessed that she'd become much more conservative now, especially since she's got a family and she's responsible for much more than just herself. But that didn't stop her from tackling her lifelong dream. Her father was her inspiration to fly. And in the interview, you'll be able to trace her life from being a successful fashion designer to remembering how much she enjoyed that time spent with her father and what it was like being up in the air and then finally pursuing her dream. Along the way, though, she had to conquer the feeling of how's a fashion designer supposed to understand and learn the technology she needs to fly an airplane. To hear how far she's come, about midway through the interview, you'll hear her describe how her training kicked in when she found herself in the midst of what could have become a very serious in-flight emergency. Enjoy the flight if you have any questions. Mandy's always willing to answer them. And who knows, if you're in the area, you might even get a free ride with her. If you're a woman who's ever thought about learning how to fly, this might be what you need to just do it. Enjoy her interview. Hey, Everyday Heroes, I'm Bert Botta. Do you know what every man wants? If you can't come up immediately with the answer to that question, then pay close attention to my Everyday Heroes podcast series for golfs. That means guys over 50. And if you're not a guy over 50, or even if you're a gal, don't worry. There's going to be some very cool stuff here for both men and women. I've discovered answers to the kind of questions that every man has. And now I'm ready to help you put those answers to work in your life through these podcasts. If you take in what I have to share, it very well could change your life and help you do more than just push back the aging process. And my podcasts are mostly about aviation everyday heroes, but they're going to be a mix of women and men heroes just like you. So let's jump into this and see if what we talk about here helps bring out your own everyday hero. Mandy Boyd, and I grew up in Bettendorf, Iowa, in the Midwest. Um, I have an older sister, Jesse, and mom and dad, and had a good, fun, loving life there. You know, hard, hardworking. You saw um, people running their own businesses and pursuing, you know, just small town kind of stuff. Um, but also, I've always been a risk taker and kind of a daredevil and. I like adventure. So I was always off doing different dangerous things as as a kid, my mom would say. Um, Since I was five years old, I knew I wanted to be a fashion designer. So that was just my dream to pursue that. And that's kind of where my career led me going to Iowa State. Crazy enough, Iowa State's actually ranked fifth in the nation for fashion design. So I did that. I went and lived in London as well and studied abroad there. And then 
came out West to California. Um, in my childhood, my father was my inspiration. So he was the one who had the desire to learn to fly. I'm not sure where his passion came from. None of his family that I know of flew. Back then they had in-person ground school. And I used to remember him saying how hard that was. And he would go to a classroom and he would learn. Dad and I flew around a lot together. We went to Wisconsin. We went to St. Louis. Um, back and forth to Iowa State. He even took me. And I always liked being in the plane. I thought it was, I was never scared. I thought it was fun. I thought it was quick. You could get to a lot of neat places. You could see beautiful days up north in Michigan. And um, so I always liked the plane. I never thought as a young person that that was something young people do is go get their pilot's license. Obviously now I'm learning the rules and regulations and know that that is feasible. Had I maybe known that early on or been pushed in that direction, maybe I would have started even sooner. But then, you know, you kind of think you're busy in life. You're busy with college. You're busy when you're 20s. You're busy having a family. And so those kind of, those routes took me down my paths. And it wasn't until I had, was, had my third child and then was able to ask my husband, like, Hey, I want to fly. Like when now I have time to kind of pursue this, you know, and you do need time. It does take a while and it takes a lot of studying. So I was out here in California, had a friend who was pursuing his license. He had done a lot of research on different planes, what was safe, what he would do with his family, where to fly out of. And so I followed a little bit along his path, but it wasn't quite a right fit for me. And, you know, finding a good CFI was is super important. Uh, My very first one out here was not a good fit for me. Um, A couple different reasons. I just felt that he always made me feel really dumb. (laughs) He always made me feel like, you don't remember this. Why aren't you doing that? You know, and I thought, oh my gosh, I have two hours of flying. I I don't remember. I don't remember what that button does. I'm not comfortable doing a 45 degree turn right now. So I felt, I don't know also if it was because I was a woman, you know, if he taught a lot of men and he kind of want to show his, you know, arrogance and his um, platinum level. That's well concealed insecurity as we all know. Right. So it just, I tried and I wanted it to work. I liked the plane. I liked the location my friend referred him, but it just wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for me. And I knew it and my friend really worked well with him, but I knew for me, you know, I didn't want to do that long-term. So it's hard again, kind of thinking, okay, now to start where, how do you seek that out? Now I'm kind of wanting to learn more about the Cirrus. I like the idea of a parachute with my family. If I was the only one seeking aviation and I have three little kids that felt like a good Security gotcha. Let me let me let me ask you a question about the the, the instructor. At w- some point, did you have a doubt about your own ability because of his uh, arrogance, if you will? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then you had to get past that. You had to get past yes. that feeling of insecurity or I'm not good enough or whatever. So that that's really cool. You got past that because a lot of people would quit that. Yeah. Point. Um, and I knew it was going to be a challenge for me. Like I said, my career is in fashion design, so it doesn't really line up with some of these other careers of an engineer or a mechanic, or even maybe somebody is like a surgeon or something that, that kind of the, the studying or the correlation of things can kind of translate maybe into 
an engine and learning about airplanes and stuff. So I already felt that I was, I have a lot, I have a lot to work towards. Um, but I was still determined to do it. So I found Scanlon Aviations in Novato. They were a flight school that had Cirrus instructors at the time. Pat was hiring Robert, my instructor. So he said, I'm bringing Robert on, you know, you're welcome to work with him like within this next month or so. So that was a great fit. I mean, he just, Robert had just started back on with him. I think they had a pass together as a CFI for Scanlon. And I really, I enjoyed Pat. I enjoyed the school. I thought that it was, you know, such a fun, unique, warm spot. They were very patient and um, encouraging and supportive. And, you know, you can make mistakes, you know, you can have bad days, you know, that they're still going to work with you on and teach you and kind of take you under their wing with that. So I've flown with them now for over two years. I love that comment you made about when you were practicing landings, the third one, you bounced and then went and did a go around and how Pat handled that. That was beautiful. Yes, I was so embarrassed and I knew everybody on the ground was out there knowing I was doing my first solo and standing there from the mechanics to the field truck guy to everybody. And I think in my head, I just, because I only, you know, you have to do three and I thought, well, the third one I'm done, you know, I'm done. So I paid so much attention to the first two. And by the third one, I was just done. And I, you know, you can't ever be, (laughs) be done when you're flying. So it did it. It did one bounce and another bounce. And I knew just do the go around. And Pat was very complimentary and said, you were trained. Well, that's what you do. You know, if you bounce, don't be ever afraid to go around. If it's not the landing you like and here I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, she's going to yell at me. It's mm-hmm. this beautiful plane. Yeah. yeah. Let and me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, the SR SR 20 series is a complex airplane. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it as a complex airplane. It's not like a Cessna 150, like, you know, people used to learn to fly in. Was that something you had to get past uh, starting out in an airplane like that, especially with the avionics, uh, a little bit more sophisticated than, say, maybe even a 172? No, because I didn't know any different. Okay. That's a good answer. I, yeah, I didn't start. I mean, I knew my dad's plane a little bit, but I was, like I said, 16, so I don't have total knowledge of all the gauges and what I was missing. No, I do know we got the perspective plus is on our plane now. And we just received those planes back in June. We got what it. Is that? In- Would you explain to us what the perspective plus is? So the perspective plus is a Garmin G1000 system that's in our Cirrus SR20. It's just even more advanced avionics. It has a leveling button. It has higher features with the autopilot in terms of VNAV options and where you're everything, even in your MFD, a bunch of different pages and just different buttons to get used to. It's not like it was hugely different from, I was already in an older 20 but we didn't have the perspective plus model. So I did have to do a couple hours with Robert on just, you get a little used to where you push. Um, You know, it has this flight management system in the homepage and, you know, where do you get to these different chapters and pages 
Um, I, I love I love the fashion designer part of you bandy, bandying these aviation terms around so easily. I love the con- I love the the uh, juxtaposition. So in my head, I usually always like design things out and Robert would even say, then draw it out, draw it out for me if you can't explain it. And so I normally would do a little sketch and whether it was the engine or the airplane or the wind or whatever, I, I like, I'm a more visual person. So, uh, so that was a little, that was, you know, a change up for me. That was the change up between the two, but I never went from a Cessna to a Cirrus. Mm-hmm. So you so didn't know the difference, like you said. I don't know the difference. I was trained yeah. on the Cirrus, so I got used to it. I mean, of course, when you first jump into an airplane, it does. It's very overwhelming, all the buttons and the screens and things that come up and don't come up. And, you know, that is, wow, there's a lot here. Um, over time, I think, you know, you get used to it and you study it and you're in it a lot. I would even take pictures, you know, on my cell phone, I would take a picture and go home and kind of like look at those buttons again and remember, you know, what he told me to do. And that was helpful because you don't have flying a plane isn't the best classroom, you know, and you don't have it. I don't have a simulator at home. I haven't really found anything that great that I've tried to download or apps or something that has really taught me that that well. What do your fashion design pals think about you being a pilot? You know, a lot of people knew that I was working on this, that this was something I wanted to do. And I do, you know, they do know that about me. But um, it's usually another person that brings it up that says, oh, my gosh, do you know that she's a pilot? That's normally how the conversation starts. I think they're intrigued and just say, wow, how are you scared? How do you do it? You know, I would never do that. I'm afraid of small planes. You know, do you really, so you fly an airplane? <laughs> you know I mean? They're like, they're very, I don't think it crosses most people's mind, you know, and that's something I've, I even said it in my bio that I like to do challenging things that not a lot of people do. So I like to kind of be, challenge myself, be different, have, you know, a passion towards something. So they don't really, I don't think, I, I don't think it ever would cross their mind that that's something they want to do. You know, is it, is it kind of like a, a nice conversation piece to, to talk about or. Yeah. 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 Usually. I mean, maybe they would have had an uncle or known somebody in the aviation world that, Oh, I had an uncle that flew three for United or I had a boyfriend one time that took me up in college or, you know, it does bring up some other <laughs> stuff. There's been many people, um, more so men. I actually really only know one other woman that has her license of my peers or age, I guess, around here. And there's most of the guys, a lot of them will say, oh, I started that. Oh yeah. I was starting my pilot's license too. Yeah. 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 I tried a couple classes and I got really far, but I never got finished. And that was always in the back of my head going, oh my gosh, I don't want to be one of those. I don't want to start this because the fear of failure for me is, is big. So I would hear that often. Hornet. I mean, hornets <laughs> don't, they just don't stop. You know, <laughs> that's what my grandma called me. Yep, yeah. the hornet. And then what about this, this, you know, when you mentioned in your bio that you were a risk taker, 
How do you balance the risk taker in you with the pilot who has to be cautious and concerned and also, you know, pay attention to rules and regulations? Is that you find that risk taker popping up every once in a while and you have to kind of quell it? No, because I have three kids. So I think because I have three kids, that's always in the back of my mind. Um, I'm very calculated. I'm probably more conservative when it comes to aviation than in maybe other areas of my life or when I was younger, when it was just when you're only you, or maybe that's why I'm probably good thing. I didn't get it when I was in my early twenties, it would have just been, well, it's just me. I mean, now it isn't just me. It's my husband. It's my family. It's, you know, our livelihoods. So I'm pretty conservative, I would say in the, Mm -hmm. in the airplane. But the first time I took my husband up with my license, we had a date day plan to Monterey and I booked the plane and we are flying almost over the Golden Gate Bridge, got cleared through the class Bravo on with NorCal approach. And all of a sudden we're in cruise flight powered back to 75% power and my power went to zero. I mean, there was nothing. It just went, the gauge went to zero and my manifold pressure just started like waving back and forth. But the engine was still putting out power? The engine was fine. I heard it. It was, it was not an actual, like I, you know, paused and I listened and I switched my tanks and I turned my boost on and I watched things. I didn't, it wasn't like a full engine failure. I was waiting for that. If that was to happen, I told NorCal that I would be turning around and that I was going back to NOS and I'm going to keep my altitude high. I told my husband, please, you know, film these gauges. So he had no idea what we were doing. And he was just like, oh my gosh, you remained so calm. You know, you didn't, he didn't ask me a lot of questions, which was good. I turned around, I kept us high up until we were over land. And then I said, I'm going to do emergency descent. And so I'm going to, you know, side slip this plane down pretty fast. And just so he knew why we were coming down so quick. And then I landed back at NOS and again, was still a little high, but knew I needed like, in case this engine did quit, I'd only have one shot at this landing. I might not have time to do a go around. So I um, side slipped it down into NOS and I had a great landing and I pulled up the taxiway and was like, (gasps) And he's like, so I guess we're not going. Nope, we're not going. <laughs> so I had zero, I had zero power and, and it's the manifold pressure gauge was just bopping all over. And it was a sensor issue. They took it in. Pat said, I did a good job. That's a sign of a good pilot that you didn't continue on. I mean, maybe I could have, and I still heard the engine and we could have gone down the coast, but then what? Then we're over, we're over cliffs, we're over water. It I have to get this plane back at some point. So maybe it won't restart. Maybe we'll have an issue on our return. So I just felt like it was safer. The one thing I think I would have done, or I question is I never talked to NorCal about an emergency. I didn't, I didn't feel, I felt like I was on top of it and ready to do the needed next steps. I still waver in my head was like, should I for that? I, I felt like it was a sensor issue. It wasn't truly an engine failure, but Maybe do you wait to the point it is an engine failure and then you communicate that? But I didn't, you know, as a new pilot think, oh, I don't think I need like emergency help on the ground. I played through my head, you know, I'll keep this altitude. If the worst case scenario is I'll pull the parachute and we'll be going towards land. Did you think uh, during that time, did you 
have flashbacks to how you were trained and what you were trained to do? Yeah. The most dealing with the emergency checklist in the plane. Second, you know, deal with your altitude and your airspeed. And, you know, like I said, last case, you know, watch the winds. If you're over water, do you want to be over land? And then, you know, we have the caps parachute, but yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, you go over all those things that Robert taught me that I go through in my POH and memorize and knowing your glide ratio, your airspeed, all, all that. Yeah. Just it kind uh, of all just is there. It's all there yeah. somewhere. It comes up. <laughs> uh, thinking about, was there a point in that um, semi-emergency when you thought about the parachute? Yeah. If the, if the engine quit and I could not get it restarted and we were still over San Pablo Bay, I would have, you know, hoped to kind of position it the best to the wind so that we would hopefully drift over land and land. But yeah, I would have done the parachute if, if necessary. Kind of going back a little bit, was that a factor in picking the Cirrus? Yeah. Having a parachute? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I plan to fly the five of us around, I'm as trained and well capable as I can be, but there's some other variables that can happen out there. But yeah, I wanted to have that as a backup. Mm-hmm. Even my husband, I mean, I, he, he would like to get a couple hours in the plane, but he's going to be mainly the one sitting in the right seat and he doesn't know how to fly. So if anything happens to me, he can level the wings and pull it. So what would you say to other women who have thought about flying, but never taken the step? I would say do it. What would they get out of it? They're not getting out of doing whatever they're doing now. Well, I would say you get you get to be up in the air and you get to see beautiful, wonderful things. You get to learn a new challenge in life. You know, it's something different and challenging and fun. You get to be able to get from point A to B. It's just, you know, you only live once. So sometimes you think, oh my gosh, it's going to take so long or cost so much, but one or two years, it's not that much out of a whole life to have this this cool feature for like the rest of your life to build on, to experience, to take other people into this world of flying around and, you know, seeing what's above, you know, it's kind of like going, if you ever wanted to get a graduate's degree or a scuba diving license or something out there that you just haven't pushed yourself to do, you do have to just dive in and start. Mm-hmm. Any Ending comments you'd like to leave us with? I'm thrilled that I was able to get my license. I think that that was a big accomplishment, you know, sticking to it and just having a, maybe finding a mentor or finding somebody to speak to about it, a CFI or something and kind of start that path is where, you know, it can really lead off to just, you know, read the magazines, get involved with some of the local podcasts, get involved with, you know, anything around Airplanes could be, it could trigger that and start the wheels going. Or if there's people to it, local airports, I mean, they might be happy to take you up. You know, they might be happy to give you a flight and just try it out. You know, I have a couple of friends around here that's, you know, I said, do you want to come with me today in the plane? You know, they're, oh, that would be so fun. I want to see it, you know, kind of just trying to grow that too. I'm happy to, you know, bring people along and show them what it's like up there.
have a wonderful flight on Thursday. I'm jealous. I know. I'm excited. So there you have it, my everyday heroes. Now that Mandy's off into the mild blue yonder, if your interview triggered something in you that's been laying around dormant for way too long, and you'd like more information on where and how to start your flight training, contact me at botajet at gmail.com. That's B-O-T-A jet at gmail.com. Or go to my website at www.bertbotta.com. That's B-E-R-T-B-O-T-T-A dot com and leave me a message. And if you like this podcast as much as I do creating them, then please subscribe where you can find the whole series of Everyday Heroes podcasts at buzzsprout.com slash 955-717 or go to your favorite podcast channel. We're also now on Pandora under Everyday Heroes. Now go make it a great day and do what I do. See Everyday Heroes everywhere you go.